How long did it take for the guy to come? <laughs> Gabagool. Over here. Hello and welcome to Gabagool and Roses, the only and best leftist Sopranos podcast. I'm John. I've seen The Sopranos a bunch of times. I'm joined, as always, with Rachel and Ben, by Rachel and Ben. I have the intro about halfway figured out, and then every week, halfway through it, I realize, oh, I forget what comes after this part. You do a great job, so don't even Um, worry. I like it. uh, Hi, my two (laughs) co-hosts. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm Ben. I'm Rachel. I'm 26. I love uh, to laugh. I love to live, and I love to love. I'm Ben, and I'm spoken for. Uh, so sorry to break hearts. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm not. I'm very single. And guess what? <laughs> somebody, somebody, date I'm this dying. Girl. I'm dying to meet my future partner via a podcast. Somebody date this girl now. <laughs> Yeah, somebody date me now or Ben and John are going to have to listen to my horror stories of dating and sadness for the rest of the time mm-hmm. we do this podcast. And so will you, dear listeners. Yeah, and so. guess what? Not fun. Date this girl so you don't have to listen to her talk about bad okay, relationships. Now, I don't know if I like this, <laughs> this narrative. Is, yeah, I, I've been I'm also a great, it. nice person. I'm very funny mm-hmm. and cool and nice, smart. Funny. You are. Thank you, Ben. Co-signed, yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the Piedmont uh, region would be lucky to have you on their arm. Thank you so much. Co-signed. I'm crying right now. (laughs) Oh, man. I didn't know this was going to happen, but I'm literally crying. No, I'm not. Okay, let's get into it. I don't want to talk about this anymore. (laughs) Uh, So uh, every week uh, we go through and we talk about one episode of The Sopranos. We're going in order like a dumb-dumb book club, and I love it. And (laughs) so this week we are talking about Season 1, Episode 10, which is called A Hit is a Hit. Um, And uh, we'll do preliminary reactions, uh, but they've already come back with some negative reviews. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Rachel, what did you think about this episode? Well, Ben has already, I pretty much expressed it perfectly, which is. It's not good. Yeah, it's just not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, thumbs down on this episode as a whole. Like, just the whole episode sucks. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of good stuff for us to dig into and talk about. But in, in terms of entertainment value, I fell asleep watching this episode. Oh no! So. Sterling review. So let's talk about it for an hour. <laughs> we don't have to. We can. Can we just do an episode where like episode ten sucks? Now on to episode eleven. <laughs> I actually have more notes for this episode than the other one, though. Same. Yeah. So then, no. <laughs> the answer is so no. no. We have lots to talk about, even though we didn't like the episode. And I agree, it does kind of drag. Um, the problems that I have with this episode is it's an episode about a bad band and we keep having to hear the bad band over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but also the band wasn't as bad as the show made it out to be. No, it's a bad. I was hoping neither of you would do this to me. It's a bad <laughs> band. Yeah. They, no. no, they suck. I'm not suck. disagreeing that it's a bad band, but there is the scene where they're recording the vocals and the 
producer is like, this sucks. But the vocals weren't that bad. I mean, yes, they were. They could have been worse. They could have been worse. They could have been worse. They could have been. Tag yourself in that scene. I am the uh, ashtray of cigarette butts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but, okay. But what I mean is, like, that band, as bad as they are, could still have made it in the late 90s. Maybe. I'm sorry. Can we remember Probably. Creed? Creed, yeah, Nickelback like, for one fucking second? Look, these guys couldn't eat the gum off of Creed's shoe. Like, they're I, bad. No, I'm going to disagree there. I cried. I well, was brought to tears by this music. The difference between Creed and, uh, what, what were they called? Victory Lap or whatever? Visiting uh, Day. Visiting uh, Day. Visiting uh, day. <laughs> previously known as Defiler. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but I mean, like, Creed at least had, like, an evangelical Christian backing to it to make it successful. There was just... There's nothing to this fucking band. It sucked. All right. Except for the mob. They have the mob backing of, of one Christopher Moltisanti. Yes. Yes. All right, so let's get in. Let's talk about this fucking band. Let's talk about this this storyline first. How about it? Because it, I just want to get it over with. Uh. All right. Okay. So, uh, well, it, it, so... The, the whole crew has come into a bit of uh, extra unforeseen uh, money. Uh, they did a hit on a guy, and then it turned out he had, like, a shit ton of money in his house. And so mm-hmm. um, all the guys have a little bit of cash infusion in this episode, and uh, Chris decides that he's going to spend his um, by pampering our girl Adriana mm-hmm. uh, and by uh, giving her the career of a music producer. Which is a cool career. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, she sucks at it, though. <laughs> True. So she, yeah, so they go out to a, a lovely dinner and a, a showing of rent. Uh, and right. uh, they end up at some burger joint in the city. And uh, Christopher is acting an ass, makes a good. Christopher is a racist piece of shit. Yep. He is very super racist. In this and he, and he asks, in general, but yeah. He asks, what am I, Mark Furman over here? Which, yes, <laughs> you fucking are, dude. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, after ever speaking up a lot, some uh, a guy named Massive Genius comes over and says, old men say bold things. Uh, your girl looks embarrassed, which she was. He's correct. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyway, they get their burger boxes and leave, and they see a really cool car with jersey plates on it. Uh, it's a Rolls. That's right. And uh, who's it that comes out to say, hey? I forget. Uh, that That is a gentleman named, because I read it in big letters, Orange J, who is helpfully wearing <laughs> an orange jacket. Uh, uh-huh. So Mr. Uh, Julius, I assume, uh, comes out to invite Chris over to a party. Mm-hmm. Um, at Massive Genius's house, and I just want to point out that Massive Genius is played by the brilliant Bokeem Woodbine, um, who is also in Dead Presidents. He plays the crazy guy that cuts the head off. He was great. He's very good, mm-hmm. um, and he's playing sort of a um, kind of like a Suge Knight type guy. Yeah. So at his at his house, where where is his house? Inglewood Heights or something? Just the most. <laughs> Something like I don't that. know. Inglewood is in California. Yeah, but that, I, they did say that though. Yeah, I, like, which is why I laughed. I was like, "What? You're not." <laughs> anyway, so they end you up. You get a bunch of old white men wrote this episode, <laughs> right? 
And so they, they go to what is definitely the most happening party I've seen in The Sopranos yet. Which It was with a the, great party. With the best music. Yes, absolutely. And somebody passing out champagne. Yeah. Carmela could never. I'm sorry, but uh, Carmela could never. Different different kinds of party, right? Mm-hmm. I bet the yeah, I bet the catering wasn't as party. good. I bet the catering wasn't as good as the cooking at mm-hmm. a Carmela party. I'm gonna disagree. Ain't no there. party like a Carmela party because a Carmela <sighs> party don't slap. Uh, okay, hurtful, <laughs> hurtful. <laughs> so they're having a good old time. Uh, they end up in um, in Massive Genius's office, which is adorned with gold records, and uh, immediately the very first thing that Christopher sees is a uh, sweet. Uh, cache of guns and they are sweet Big old guns uh i wish i had guns like that uh, okay no i don't <clears throat> i mean I don't it would know. be nice they look very expensive they look like very nice guns yeah there's like they, a big ak and uh he, he picks out a pistol and he's like talking about it and pointing it at chris very uh menacingly do you remember when Saddam Hussein had a gold-plated AK? Yeah, <laughs> sure. I do remember, yeah. <laughs> Who could forget? Dude. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, anyway, so we end up getting um, getting to the, the issue. The issue, which is something that was brought up, I guess, episode six. Hesh, his writing credit, uh, fuckery is coming, around, coming home and... He ripped off all these black singers in like the heyday of rock and roll, the early days of rock and roll, and now they're coming back and asking for their uh, essentially reparations. I mean, the show comes right out and calls it reparations, mm-hmm. um, but specifically, uh, Master Genius uh, has a relative um, who is a victim of this uh, ripoffery. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reason why Christopher is important is because. He needs to get a sit down with Hesh to go over this, and so Christopher's able to arrange that. I don't know how he arranges it, but nevertheless, he does. They end up at Hesh's horse farm. Uh, Hesh basically says, uh, "Get fucked. This is how it always goes. Always went. I'm not yeah. paying you anything." Right. Uh, throws down a hard R. Mm-hmm. In that scene, um, tough stuff. Yep. There was some. Uh, d- did you want to talk about any of the? <laughs> this is terrible. I was going to say, ask if you wanted to talk about any of the Jewish stuff. There, no, I do want to talk about in it. That in that. Uh, Should we get into thing. it right now? Are you talking about when they're on the porch? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so here's the thing. Um, <laughs> there is, I think, I don't know. It, it's there's some good racial commentary in this episode um, about like I, I enjoyed that they used the term reparations and that basically massive genius was a really like he was really good at making his points mm-hmm. um, about why he deserved this or why why his um, I guess his aunt or his cousin uh, Jimmy Willis's relative, why she deserved the money. Um, There is a moment (laughs) where he talks about Chuck D's book and how all the Jews in the music business are uh, owe reparations to black folks that they ripped off, which, number one, 
I agree. The the people that were ripped off by music producers deserve that money and reparations should uh, happen in other ways as well, like generally. Um, it's not just Jews, though. <laughs> so we're getting into a little bit of anti-Semitism, which is troubling. Because um, the episode comes right out and says that the mob was equally as involved in right. bashing heads and ripping people off in the music industry. But yeah. there, there is a history of... I mean, this is obvious. There is a history of anti-Semitism in ref- referencing Hollywood and the music industry and show business like right. Jews run it mm-hmm. uh, Jews control the media hello um, so like not loving that they played into that trope but mm-hmm. um, ultimately I mean like whether or not I, I think it was framed okay because um, Massive Genius doesn't like he just references Chuck D's book he's not like being outrightly anti-Semitic whereas like all of the fucking Italian dudes are being outrightly anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but, like, I don't love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's problematic for sure. The show does, I think, a good job of, like, it doesn't let Hesh get away with it, really. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. make an excuse for Hesh. And Hesh doesn't even really have an excuse. Like, uh, like... Oh, you know, like I was I was the guy who decided to put the tambourine on the track or whatever. Like he doesn't yeah. make any argument that he deserves it. Just like, yeah, we ripped people off and I did that and tough fucking beans. Mm-hmm. And, Is that and, something people say? Tough beans? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and come after me, you know, and if you really think that you're going to win your fucking 50 year old lawsuit against me, then I've got I've got a claim that's brand new, fresh and that I will whip your ass on. So. Um, well, that's that's later in the episode. Yeah. Well, but but yeah, and, and no, I think that was. I mean, we can jump to that part if we want. I think that part is interesting because the mobsters and Hesh are expecting his threat. They say something about like, if you're going to make your threat over the phone, go ahead and say it. And his threat is the threat of a lawsuit, which was not what they were thinking yeah, at all the whole great. time. I loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the whole time they're thinking this guy is saying, "Pay us the money," or you know, "We're coming for your kneecaps," or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, he's like, "Oh, we're going to file a lawsuit." Um, <laughs> and they're just like, "Okay," f-. like Tony's b- got a big grin. He's laughing at the guy. Um, yeah, you pay a lot in legal fees. Ha ha ha. Me too. You fucking idiot. Yeah, but they're like, this is weird. You know, these uh, self-styled gangsters are uh, are carrying out their um, their business using the fucking legal system, whereas we would just do it ourselves. Right. So. <laughs> right. That's not very. Uh, that's not very gangster. Right. So that's basically the Hesh storyline. Um, Hesh there's... fucking sucks, and I kind of want to issue a retraction uh, of when I. <laughs> said that I stand hash the other week Mm -hmm. because this fucking sucks, man. Like, it made me so mad because I was like, literally just fucking give him the money. Like, fuck you. You're doing fine. You have horses and you have this, like, beautiful house. Like, fucking give him the money, you racist piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And he, it really disappointed me when he didn't give him the money. So I don't stand hash anymore. He sucks. We, We also heard from Christopher in this episode Pretty uh, conclusively, Hesh is also a Zionist. Because yep. Chris says something about, like, I've heard his opinions about giving back parts of Israel. I can only imagine. <laughs> I missed that. Missed that. Oh, oh, my yeah. God. Well, fuck off, Hesh. You suck. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, oh God, I don't know. It, it just, it's, the show is tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good. So let's, so we, we kind of got into the... Yeah, we can pivot back to the music uh, storyline, I think. Right, so this is the Christopher storyline, so... After they get- I would like to call it the Adriana storyline, actually. Okay. No, that's that's fair. It is really her storyline. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. So Christopher uh, is bitching about uh, you know these gangsters as well, but this is you know immediately after the burger joint. Uh, right. It's it's once again one of these guys complaining about. They took they took our culture from us and blah 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 and it's like shut the fuck up. Right. You're an idiot. Um, we get some good uh, Drea Di Matteo stripping to uh, Bon Jovi. Yeah, we, I have a lot of issues here. <laughs> okay. Um, we all know that Drea Di Matteo is very hot and beautiful, but this this episode went out of its way to show her in her underwear, and it yeah. was like very not good. Good. Like it did. You, we didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, who has sex to you give love a bad name? <laughs> Fuck that. It was they blasted that shit, and then they like were like horned out of their minds because of that song. Unbelievable. They were horned to uh, their paisan Bon Jovi. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, Chris is pretty horned this whole episode. Part of the deal that he makes with Adriana is like I'll fund I'll you know fund your musical adventures but I want to pick the outfits that you wear. Oh, I yes. <laughs> I thought you might have something to say about that. I have that. a lot to say about this because guess what? That is that's a kink thing. I'm just right. we're going to enter the kink corner really quick. <laughs> Chris likes a power play. He likes power dynamics. It is part of there. There are certain BDSM type relationships where it is like the doms. You know, the dom likes to choose what their sub dresses. You know how mm-hmm. they dress. Um, I think Chris is a switch. I think this was definitive proof that Chris (laughs) is, in fact, a switch. So, and then there's also, there's all this sexual tension between Adriana and Master Genius. While Chris is often in the room, and we've made it a point now at this, to to explain that, like, he's picking her out, like, sexy outfits to wear for him. Or not for him, that's my extra addition there. Ah, yeah, I think you're right, but then it, it's fucked because it comes back and he uses it against her. Right. But I also wouldn't call it sexual tension. I think this is where the show failed to uh, not be racist because it it portrayed... This is know, it? This is it? <laughs> one of the many instances. Um, it wasn't sexual tension per se. It was very clearly massive genius being interested in Adriana. That's fair. And... That's problematic because there you have the portrayal of a black man as like some kind of sexual predator of white women, Mm -hmm. um, which is a trope, a racist trope, and it sucks. And I do not care for that. Shout out to the 90s. I mean, I wish it stayed in the 90s, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I think this is going to be a thing for a while. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
So, um, so massive and Adriana and Christopher go to a show, and they and I had I had flashbacks because I remember going to fucking shitty shows like this one with you know the worst beer, smoking all the cigarettes, and watching the worst goddamn band play. <laughs> And so Adriana is there. Cry Creed motherfuckers. Oh yeah, Adriana is there to you know show, um, massive like this is the band, this is their vibe, this is what they do, and Christopher is just blunt. He's like, "You interested?" And uh, the camera cuts over to massive, and he says, "I'm interested in anything that uh, turns anything green." And then he looks over at Adriana, who's looking at the band. Uh, and then some fucking mullet bro goes, fuck you. And I, <laughs> and I stand that guy <laughs> <laughs> a little early on stance of the week, but okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> but just got to give that guy a shout out. He is right. Fuck him. Fuck that band. Uh, and then now that now that stands of the week are a weekly contest. Ben wants to make sure he stakes out his territory early. <laughs> I see how it works. <laughs> well, this it's is gamesmanship, pure it's hard, and simple. It's hard to pick the fuck you guy versus the you suck guy, and the rest, <laughs> of the, rest of the crowd that fucking hates that band. I don't know, maybe. Anyway, so uh, so Christopher's sort of picking up, like, eh, this band does kind of suck, uh, and mm, you know, well, what's the next scene? They end up at the house listening to the meow song. Yeah, something like that. Or the, is it the studio next? Yeah, the studio next. They got to cut the the album, the okay. demo. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so next they go to the studio, and we're in the middle of a vocal. Oh. Tra- actually, it it juxtaposes Hash sitting in his living room listening to Little Jimmy, and how great that song is, and then a cut to the whining, yowling. <laughs> garbage that is this uh, vocal take that Rachel is once played at her funeral. <laughs> it's not. Th- I'm just saying it is not that bad. We're not talking. This is not like a, a Rebecca Black situation. Sorry, I know, not good. But the vocals weren't that fucking bad, dude. So uh, agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Like, so it's and it's been this is take like fifty six or sixty five or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and so the band and the producer just want to pack it up for the night. <laughs> You're so mad. <laughs> I just I think everything is exaggerated on TV. So like it's like in the real world, a band like that would definitely not like the producer would not be like this sucks. Because he's making money, unless you know, unless it was truly like screechingly awful, I don't think that that would have happened. But I will say that uh, every producer that I have ever met in my life knows they, they, dude, Mm -hmm. like they know like when it's time to pack it in. They know when it's time to stop pissing in the wind. They fucking know. Ben, what? How many producers? Yeah. yeah. All right. No, I don't. Know what I said <laughs> this question. Where are you meeting? Did you were you in a band or something? I was not in a band, but I hung around a lot of uh, douchebags who were. Uh, I've lived a lot of lives. One of the one of the. Uh, I got a, a, a good pal. Shout out to Graham in New Orleans. 
Shouts out. He's a good dude. Every every musical opinion he's ever had has been correct. Um, but he does a lot of sound and engineering work down there. You're right. I mean, there is definitely. I don't know. We just had to roast you for talking yeah. about all the producers that you're Every best friends with. Every producer I've ever met. Right. So one. But anyway, he's right. <laughs> I mean, there is certainly an X factor in music and uh, and that kind of thing. And there is a difference between good and talented or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I'm not saying they were talented, no. but they cert- and and they weren't even good, but they certainly were not the worst. And I've heard a lot worse played on the fucking radio. So I, I guess that's fair. Uh, but <laughs> I'm Rachel, not going to lose this argument. Bad. They're bad. Okay. They're bad. They're but awful. At the end, the lyrics don't it, make any sense. Doesn't Hesh say that one of their songs is good? No. no. That His was not their It's just a song on the radio. Oh, Chris is Chris is upset listening to a, a breakup song. I would never have known the difference between those two bands. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, back to the show. So uh, we, we find out a little bit about Richie and Vito's backstory. It turns out that Richie, uh, here's here's the line of the week that's stuck in my head. Uh, Richie was electrocuted when he tried to... <laughs> when he tried to... this written down. ...grill the trout on the downed electrical wire. This, it sounds like the Trailer Park Boys episode. It does. I was like, I was like, wait, what? Uh, Adriana calls it an accident. She's like, he hadn't been the same ever since the accident, and then that's what it is. That's not a. Oh my god, that's. What if the Sopranos was actually shot in the style of Trailer Park Boys? <laughs> uh, Tony would definitely be uh, uh, Julian. Julian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No fucking doubt oh. about it. So anyway, they uh, so they cut the take. Uh, Christopher gets pissed off because they're gonna pack it in. Tells Richie to go do some meth in the bathroom. Spike uh, yeah, canceled. Up. Fuck off, Christopher. God damn it. He is the worst in this episode. Right, but I mean, I think that's like typical '90s, you know, rock band shit. Is like the idea that all of our all these people need to be fucked up on some kind of drugs to get them. Going, right? Well, they do. I mean, they do. Miles Davis did heroin. All the best music. No, I'm just kidding. Rachel looked at me like I was like the biggest asshole in the yeah, world. Yeah, because y'all are I was always doing trying to get people to do drugs. No, I'm, they should do drugs. I'm saying I'm disagreeing with you this time, John. I think that I, any of the bands, you know, that where they're singing about suicide and killing themselves and uh, being shitty, I think that's dangerous, and you need to hit pause. You need to take that fucking record out of your record player and throw it on the ground and get rid of it. Because that's going to get stuck in your head and it's going to be bad for your mental health and you're going to be fucked up for the rest of your life. It's going to be rooting around in there. Listen to some happy shit. Okay, Grandpa. Who? What What bands are you talking about? <laughs> like uh, Nirvana. Don't listen to that shit. Um, seriously, fuck Nirvana. Um, fucking anything from the 90s, dude. Fuck Pearl Jam. Fuck Nirvana. We're not doing that. I mean, yeah. Hard agree. I'm not following the reasoning maybe behind your conclusions. <laughs> um, but sure. It's catchy. 
it's catchy. It it play it fucking sits in your head. These ideas that come to you in a in a in melodies and and rhythm, and you hum them and think them, and you sing about them. And these are ideas that are stuck in your brain, and they upset you. They're poisonous. Okay. Fuck, okay. man. I'm serious. This fuck this I shit. I love the conspiratorial nature of this entire conversation. It is. It's a conspiracy by Pfizer to sell more Prozac. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's not where I'm going. It's just no. Like, that's where I'm going with it. Now that's what we're saying. Official stance of the podcast. It's self care to throw that fucking garbage music out. That's what I'm saying. How much Prozac did they sell in the early 2000s while emo was booming? Huh? Emo be booming. Okay, we gotta finish up the storyline because we gotta get to Tony and the doctor. Oh yeah. yes. Thank you, Rachel. Um, so, uh, one of the things that, uh, so during this whole Christopher and Adriana storyline, um, I'll make it a co-storyline. And Christopher and Adriana storyline, they keep talking about they've got they've got these caviar dreams, and one of the things they keep wishing for is they want to hang out with Alec Baldwin. Yes. <laughs> Which I just thought of all the people to choose. Fucking Alec Baldwin. Yeah, they really want to be friends with Alec Baldwin. Alec it's bonkers. <laughs> Why? ABC, always be Christopher. <laughs> always be Christopher. I did this on the last episode. I'm not going to do the Glenn, Gary Glenn Ross speech again. Right. Rachel, have you seen it yet? I don't know last time. <laughs> really? Damn. No. Oh, God Hurtful. I have a tough time watching movies. Don't watch Why's the fucking movie. Just watch the scene. Why? Why is that? I don't... I think it's... Listen, Unpack that. I Yeah, I think that uh, there might be something that needs to be done. <laughs> okay, here. well... I don't know. Okay, so... <laughs> Alright. Let's get back on track. Um, <laughs> we were doing so well, and then... No, we're I, not. We're not I, doing well at all. Here's the thing. The episode sucks, so we're all just trying to do the best we can with it here. Yeah. Wow. I'm watching people get their mail, and it's honestly <laughs> The window is also open. <laughs> all right, <Sir>. Olivia. <laughs> What's he oh. doing out there? <laughs> all right, so then um, Christopher... And Adriana... I'm bored of this. We have to keep... No, I'm sorry. And... No, because we have to talk about the scene, which is super important, where Christopher and Adriana and Massive Genius are... Or Christopher and uh, Massive Genius are sitting on couches, and Adriana is, like, dancing to the Meow song. Yeah. Oh, God. That song was rough. (laughs) That was not Producer Shinka. That was... Yeah, Producer Shinka is... Conspicuously absent today. She must be napping somewhere. Aww. So that would be Visiting Day's number one single, Meow, or whatever, that they're going to open with. I don't know, whatever. But it's just like, you could seriously tell that Massive Genius is trying to flirt with, uh, what's her face? Adriana. Because the music sucks. There's no way that anybody would ever like it. That's not flirting. That is taking advantage of somebody. Okay. If it's you're lying, that. it's manipulative. It's not flirting. All right. Good point. And so <laughs> I don't I don't know if there's any resolution to that scene. They just keep listening to that god awful song. Christopher looks over at Mass Genius is like, he's trying to get he's trying to fuck my girl. Yeah. And then 
then Chris takes it to Hesh to listen to, right? Oh, yeah. In and the middle Hesh of is like, episode. this fucking sucks. Yeah. And they, Chris, for his part, is like, that's a pretty fucking good guitar, though, huh? And he's like, fine. It's not. It's just arpeggios. It's not good guitar, but anyway. And so then Hesh says, look, a hit is a hit. You know it, you know. And if you don't know what it is, nobody does. But you know when you know it. You know when you see it, hear it, whatever. Right. Like hardcore pornography. Mm-hmm. So. Huh, okay. <laughs> uh, Justice something something in Harlan. the Supreme Court. It was a Harlan. Yeah, shout out to Kentucky. Uh, they were, yeah, they were trying to decide whether something was obscene and pornographic. And so he said, I can't define it. I just know it when I see it. Y'all are such fucking nerds, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? Leave me alone. I, can't I feel like that's a known just... story. It's not. Okay. Here I am to tell you. <laughs> Jesus. Right. So we're well, so, fuck. We're so fucking close. We're so fucking close to the story. <laughs> so, they, <laughs> so Christopher goes back and says, Adriana, I know you're trying on those really good uh, Donatella Versace dresses and whatever, and I know you're thinking about Versace, the Versace, MTV Versace, 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 awards, Versace, Versace. but you really, really got to get ready for the fact that maybe, just maybe, visiting day sucks dicks it's the worst <laughs> shit nobody fucking likes it all the, the vocals especially are bad yeah everything sucks you uh you need to get on board with that realization and that upsets adriana because she's like wait what if i actually you know you're just saying that because you're uh gonna lose control over me and i'm gonna have my own life and have my own relationships with men that aren't you know that don't revolve around me fucking them and it's gonna upset you and she uh walks out yeah. So uh, in your local music scene, every band that still plays has someone like this <laughs> who endlessly believes in them no matter what. Yeah. He's not like not like a friend or like but somebody maybe they met at a show or something. Yeah. Uh, that is what keeps local music scenes going or, or is that fucking it's person. The Kristen Shaw character in Flight of the Yes, Concords. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Adriana is that person for yeah. uh, for visiting day. Yep. So the last last scene is is uh, Christopher sitting in the pork store or the strip no, club. No, bada bing. Yeah, he's in the bada bing. He's moping over Adriana having walked out on him, listening to a song. And Hesh, I, I don't know if he knows what's happening, but says probably the funniest. Uh, it, he's like this now that's a hit yeah <laughs> and it's like i don't think he knows that he's rubbing it in christopher's face but, like, <laughs> oh i think he knows okay that old fucking shoe <laughs> wow the show yeah make it very clear that you are quoting the show john <laughs> quote mm. uh i'll cut that out okay <laughs> so <laughs> i cut out all the parts where i'm accidentally racist you do. Please do this do the same for me please. no i turn them up yeah and put like i don't know yeah you you dub in started accidental <laughs> racist shit when i do it it's awesome uh all right so congratulations listener you have made it to the end of this fucking storyline we're gonna, we have one more. We're, yeah, we're going to talk about what I think is actually the most interesting storyline in the show. Agreed. Which is uh, which is Tony looking to get into legitimate business, I guess. White society. Yeah. So, 
Uh, I guess this scene kind of begins with, uh, or this storyline begins with Carmela sitting at the table, reading magazines and saying that they got invited to a barbecue at Barb's, and Tony goes, "Those mayonnaise is up the street." <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you said this because I wanted to make sure we talked about that. He calls them mayonnaises, which is hilarious, but yes. also. Tony later talks to Melfi about how he doesn't think he's really white. Mm-hmm. And, buddy, I hate to tell you this. <laughs> you also uh, are white. Yes. yes. For sure. So, uh, so, yeah, Tony, so Tony hooks uh, Dr. Cusimano with some uh, Cubans. And Cusimano's like, oh, my gosh, thank you. Uh, Monte Cristo's very nice. Uh, I have smoked Monte Cristo, and it. We've both smoked them in Havana, dude. It ruled. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> Can that be a Patreon benefit? Y'all tell the story about going to Cuba. Absolutely not. Abs- <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. It'd be, it'd be needs to be high tier because uh, right. I think the statute of limitations is still going on. <laughs> That's right. I'm still getting letters, by the way, from that fucking girl in from Havana. Who? Uh, none of your business. All right. So. Oh, no. Are you really oh, still getting letters? Fuck you. You don't get to, No. No. You don't get to have a whole conversation and then leave me out of it. Uh, I don't want to talk about I really don't want to talk about it. We don't this. have to talk about it on mic. Okay. We will talk about it, but just not here. I can cut, I can cut it out. Go ahead and talk about it. No. Don't fuck you. Don't trust him. So, <laughs> so anyway. Um, <laughs> So there's a dinner party that Cusimano uh, at the Cusimano's house, I guess. And, yeah, white um, people dinner with Melfi. Yeah, and all the rich white people in the neighborhood come over, uh, and they're they're uh, making fun of Cusimano for picking up a bunch of mannerisms, you know, from uh, hanging out with Tony a lot. Whacking. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know they they'd gone over to the Sopranos house for a fundraiser dinner. And they're making fun of the Murano glass uh, that they have at the place. And fuck them. Murano glass is cool. Uh, and shout out to Dr. Melfi for setting them straight and being like, no, it's actually cool. Yeah. Shout like out. Uh, so what? I heard a. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's interesting how Melfi is is the, she's the moral compass, not just for Tony as his therapist, but also for pretty much every other character she interacts with. She is the moral compass of the show. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Like, she sticks to her principles. She's c- compassionate. She, like, everyone else honestly sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. So she excuses herself from dinner and hears uh, grunting from uh, from the next door house. Uh, the house next no, door. I, I, I'm gonna stop it because she she um, she excuses herself to go to the bathroom, but then she doesn't use the bathroom. It's like she fakes going to the bathroom. Yeah, so she can spy on Tony's house. She, yeah, to spy on Tony's house, which is weird. She stands right? atop the bidet. It's very it. weird. Shout out to bidets. Because it's like, what What do you think you're going to see? The house is far enough away, like, you couldn't even really see in the windows. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just weird. But in, with the television magic, she hears a screaming coming from the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll find out later what that is. Um, yep. 
so she asks Tony about it, and he's like, screaming, pain, you went to my house, you saw my house. Yeah, he kind of doesn't know what to think about it. He kind of chews on it a little bit on his way out the door. Well, here's something. Why is Melfi, again, talking about her personal life? I went to dinner with your doctor next to your house. If my motherfucking therapist (coughs) told me that, I would lose my mind. I'd be like, I love you, but this is way out of line. Boundaries. And she's had to talk to Tony about boundaries. And right. here she is mm-hmm. breaking them on the other side. I don't know about all this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I do now. I'm like, I do want to know if they're going to fuck. I know you can't tell me. But like, I think I feel like there's something there. We will see. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll be pissed if there's something there, but I feel like there's something there. So they go to a barbecue at uh, at Barb's house. Yeah. They go to the, with the mayonnaises. And fuck, if this is not the worst it barbecue. It sucks. Dude, I've been to so many of these fucking things where I'm like, I fucking hate all of this. I'm going to leave. <laughs> but shout out to Tony for trying to make the best of it, trying to make small talk with what's-his-face. Are you a stockbroker? Any changes in the market? Yeah, all of, it's always fucking changing, Tony. And then they proceed to do some fucking insider trading in front of them. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, earlier when they get the big score, Tony is talking to Christopher about trying to put the money into an IPO or some other, like, stock scheme and get some insider trading shit going on. So we see him trying to pump these guys for some information, and uh, mm-hmm. he doesn't get the tip from, from these guys. And then they start talking about how... Uh, a sausage is phallus shaped, but oh breasts my God. It's so are uh, something different. <laughs> yeah, they're the most insufferable people. Yeah, dude, they're shoot very me in the white. Face. Yeah, very meanwhile, white, and everything that that means. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Carmela is actually doing something uh, instructive. She's getting stock tips from Barb uh, about American Biotics, who's coming up with a uh, side effect free anti impotence drug. Is yeah. that? Tony needed that a few episodes ago. Hey. That's probably why she is now going to invest mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. She's worried about her future. She says a couple times, like, if something should happen to Tony, God forbid, what will happen to me? And he's just like, hey, you'll be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so Carmela gets on the phone with her stockbroker and is like, I want 5,000 shares. Uh, make the payment as soon as possible. Uh, and then Meadows overhearing her make that place that call but the next time we see carmella she's opening up the newspaper and i'll I'll be damned uh stock split on that american biotics company hell yeah yeah. and clearly the erectile dysfunction drug that they have developed works because the headline is a pun and says that their stock is tumescent which is a word that you really only use to to talk about a boner Mm -hmm. and my boner Hey, so. man. <laughs> we need to talk about boundaries. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're skipping over a scene. Uh, Tony and Kuzumano and the two disgusting white people they know are going to go play golf, which is Satan's uh, sport. Yeah, and they're going to go golf. play at the private club because Tony only plays at the public course. But right. Coos is going to get him into the private club. And, oh my God, if they are not just uh, <laughs> orientalizing Tony. Tokenizing him, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, what? what's it like to, you know, be a criminal? Was the Godfather real? Yeah. You know? How accurate was the Godfather? 
And Tony's like, God, you guys fucking getting on my nerves. And then, and shout out to Tony in this in this last scene because when uh, the fucking dipshit stockbroker bro is like, uh, did you ever meet John Gotti? Yeah. He comes. I'm not sure if this is a real story. I hope it's no, a no, no. Story. He's fucking with him for sure, one hundred percent. But it's perfect. This, it's so good. This, the story about him getting driven home into the neighborhood where all these fucking ghouls live by John Gotti just makes them all so uncomfortable. In an ice cream truck, and John's ringing that bell the whole time. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, Tony's pretty funny in this episode. He does that, and then later in the episode, he ties up a a box full of sand to give to Kuzumano. um, To hold on to for a while. Hold on to it for a little while. (laughs) Um, so he's pretty funny. Yep. That's, that's quality shit. Um, do we miss any of the key plot points or is it? I think those are the key plot points. Oh, so, so the noise that Melfi hears is Tony lifting weights like a fucking psycho (laughs) and Scrooge is, (laughs) which somehow is the same volume in the basement as it is when (laughs) Melfi hears it in the bathroom of Mm -hmm. the house. So, Whatever, we'll give you this one HBO. Um, I felt <clears throat> really so. The class analysis here is this. So this is an interesting episode because plot-wise, it's incredibly boring. But they mm-hmm. are they are addressing things like race and class in this episode in a way that s- other episodes don't, um, which makes it like rich, but also like not entertaining. Um, but the class analysis here is really interesting because you've got Tony, who is basically there. Are, there are all these microaggressions against Tony, if we want to call it that, uh, for not being. Um, how would you s- like square? Well, it's like old money versus waspy. new money, Wa- waspy. Mm-hmm. But there's also the element that like we. At dinner, they're very direct about this. How different is what Tony does compared to what True. goes on in these, you know, on Wall Street in these boardrooms and shit? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the show, I mean, it's it. They're making a pretty clear statement. Like it's all fucked. Um, mm-hmm. What Tony's doing is only considered crime because of how the government defines it or whatever. Uh, right. But like. Like you, you know, said, the government is interested in, in prosecuting. You right. Know, it, right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, there's that's I think that was good of, mm-hmm. you know, good job. HBO. No, it does. Yeah, it, it is a good it is good about I hadn't really even thought about the class analysis, but it is a good um, a good class. analysis. Well, I figured since this is a lesson. Yeah, I probably <laughs> should have actually. I feel like I'm telling yeah. on myself now. I hadn't actually done the homework this week, teacher. But um. <laughs> and, and the other thing that I wanted to that I, I sort of picked up on throughout the whole show is this idea of authenticity. Uh, you know, the one of the issues that Tony says, you know, reasons why he doesn't want to branch out is because what will the guys think of him? You know, he's going to be dealing with these, you know, Americans, Merigan. And uh, <laughs> and the idea that, you know, he he would no longer be his authentic self or, uh, you know, an Italian man anymore because he's affiliating with these others. I think, is this an idea that, that's rooted in some sort of, like, white supremacy 
uh, you know, th- this idea of of authenticity. Well, of losing your culture by assimilation, certainly. Um, yeah. Would be would be part of that. The the tokenization that he feels when he's like the dancing bear. Um, mm-hmm. It it is interesting to the, to like think of these concepts in terms of degrees of whiteness. Right, because Tony is a fucking upper class white right. male, and so it's mm-hmm. like yes, the show we're we're looking at what is what happens on a larger mm-hmm. scale. Um, to people who are not upper class white males, but we're looking at it through an upper class white male, and so it's like you got to take it with a grain of salt, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Tony's big uh, retort to Massive is, you know, what kind of fucking gangster are you? You know, I think all you are is somebody who got a degree in sociology, right? And you know, calling out his you know authentic gangster rap lifestyle or whatever, and you know. I don't know why Massive Genius obliges, but you know, sets forth some pretty, pretty it's hard up resume. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I liked the- that. I thought that was good. I'm like, yeah, fuck Tony, you're wrong. I, you may be the authentic mm-hmm. gangster, but you're mm-hmm. fucking wrong in this situation. And I hope that you get got. Well, he does kind of tell on himself a little bit because he says, I, I killed a man. And it cuts to Tony has kind of a smirk on his face because Tony's like, how many bodies does Tony have? Like, just personally, mm-hmm. not just ordered, but like, you killed a mm-hmm. man. Cool. Like, yeah. I'm not scared of you. And, and also, like, he's threatening a lawsuit. He's not threatening, you know, let's mm-hmm. go to the streets. But also, mm-hmm. like, what we're talking about here is Massive Genius maybe he is what Adriana calls a gangster rapper. Fine. Sure. Um, at the end of the day, we're talking about somebody who's not made a career out of being a gangster like Tony has. Right. He's made a career out of being an artist. And that is very different. And so it's like he doesn't need to have a fucking uh, resume like Tony does to be taken seriously because ultimately like he is asking for what what is rightfully someone else's like i i think Mm -hmm. i don't know i i really liked his character massive genius yeah yeah Yeah, massive genius is uh a representation of of a part of the community that actually creates something and and tony and this crew they don't produce anything they don't create anything they get in people's way and they they extract money and they're dumb um, they're fucking <laughs> very dumb they're not master geniuses no for sure. nope so all right well cool um i think that wraps up the the recap of the episode let's run into our bits um <laughs> who was horniest who oh who was horniest this episode I think Massive Genius is horniest. Uh, I think Polly is horniest. Polly is horniest. We didn't talk about this, but also apparently Polly has a huge dick. Oh, according yeah. to his Kumar, yeah. which is I'm sorry, it is hard for me to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think his pubes have the same wingtips? Oh God, Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> yeah, I think. Polly I'm just is asking questions. Um, so yeah, there was the scene where they're all counting the money with the Gumars, and uh, and yeah, uh, Polly's there having a big. Dick. <laughs> I Get guess that big dick in the hot tub. Uh, so tell us who you think is horniest, huh? I was just telling our dear listener to tell us who. You oh think yeah, is the tell horniest. us who's horniest on Twitter or whatever. 
at Pod Sopranos. Uh, okay, so then uh, next, let's do who do we stand? Rachel, who Oof. did you stand this week? I couldn't think of anyone during the episode, but I think now that we've talked about it, I think I stand Massive Genius. I that he's a good character. I don't. Again, the show does not treat anyone generously besides white dudes. Um, but I think that this. I liked the fact that this character was like out demanding reparations, and um, I also like that the show used the term reparations. To be honest, I, it's on. A, it's like a little surprising, but I liked it. Ben, why don't you just reiterate who yours, uh, who your pick was? It, it's not going to be Squid. It's not going to be the fuck you mullet guy. It's not going to be the you suck guy. It's actually going to be Tony because Tony um, oh. is is oh. exhibiting growth in this episode. He is uh, he's funny. Uh, he plays good pranks and uh, and yes. he understands you know what it's like to be picked on and what it's like to be otherized uh, and. Um, you know, I think that he's he's doing a good job of, of saying, you know what, I don't need to be, you know, this fucking disgusting social climber like these other people. I could just I can be happy with my life. I don't need to join the club. I'll live. So I'd, I'd stand Tony. Very good. All right. And well, I've decided on mine <laughs> and I've decided um, since Rachel got to stand Anthony. I Hopkins, knew you were going to do some shit like I'm this. going to stand Alec, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> for getting so, got, getting like three or four callouts in this show, it was in this two. episode, um, and he's not even in it. So, um, shouts mm-hmm. out to Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's do the dialectic. Uh, every week we do the dialectic where we break down the synthesis. Or God damn it! I should start at the bottom. <laughs> every week we do the dialectic. <laughs> Every week we do the dialectic where we start with the thesis, which is something that we liked, the antithesis, something that we didn't like, and the synthesis, something that we loved. That's not how dialectics works, and it's not how Dianetics works either, which is what I almost said. I don't know why. Um, So just Wikipedia, dialectics, and And not not Dianetics, um, but listen to the Dead... Shout out to the Dead Authors Podcast episode where Andy Daly plays L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, Is it two part? and it's like two of the best hours that have ever been put down it's so good um rachel is also freaking out about it i I, I listen to it like once every couple months amazing i need to do that so so shout out to (laughs) dead authors podcast and now defunct podcast sadly but anyway we're going to do the dialectic not the dianetic um ben would you like to start us off yeah, something that I liked about this episode was the golf course scene. Uh, it was, you know, it was a very good. Um, you could see sort of Tony developing like halfway, you know, halfway through the scene, like, oh, this is why these fucking assholes brought me out here, and, and I thought he did a good job of batting those dickheads back. Uh, something that I did not like in this scene, uh, or in this episode rather, uh, I I didn't like the uh, the demand to rely on substances to uh, to be a creative outlet I don't think that that's uh, productive and I think that it's I think okay. it sucks I think it fucking sucks so if you if you need your substances to be creative and uh, you know all power or more power to you whatever I guess but I I don't fucking I do not stand uh, and then something that I loved in this episode <laughs> <laughs> like Look, if you 
if you want to hear what I'm gonna if, what I'm gonna love, I love that uh, Carmela uh, decided. You know what? I need to start looking out for myself and start putting money away and investing. I uh, I I loved that. I loved that. That was going the, to be my synthesis as well. So, yeah. <laughs> but thank you. No, the I agree. Limited, with you. The limited um, screen time that she had in this episode, she was. Uh, She's very economical, both you know, with what she was doing and uh, the decisions that she made. So shout out to Carmela for being smart. Rachel. Um. All right. Well, I liked uh, in the scene where they're recording, they're laying down the tracks in the studio. Adriana is wearing snakeskin pants, and they're motherfucking incredible. <laughs> um. So I that was my You like that one pair of pants. Yeah. Okay. They it was it was funny because it's also like you know she put those on and was like, I'm a music producer. Right. You know, like These the, are my rock and roll pants, yeah, Christopher. Yeah. Um she she had great outfits the entire episode, but I didn't, you know I mm-hmm. wish that it wasn't done in a horny way. Um <laughs> I dislike Hesh. <laughs> uh, Hesh sucks. Uh, I take back everything I said about him being an icon to the Jewish community. Fuck you. Um, and I tried to help you, I think. You did? But I didn't, yeah, you, you... You didn't know. I didn't know. Well, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and um, my synthesis is uh, the loud noise reveal. Um, because <laughs> something I love in life is to just be confused, and that's something that manifests in my dating life. But also, um, th- this confused me so much because I was like, did he know that Melfi was there and he was being extra loud on purpose? There's no way that he's that no. loud every time he lifts weights. Otherwise, imagine what Carmela would say. I think we are led to believe that, yeah. He's that loud every yeah. time? I have a hard time accepting that, but <laughs> this was the most bizarre. I think it was a very bizarre thing that they put in the episode, <laughs> and weird. I don't understand why they did it, and therefore, I love it. But And one thing I just want to uh, put out there, if you are one of our comrades that goes to the gym uh, and lifts weights, then uh, if you are stronger than everybody else, keep your mouth shut, don't grunt really loudly. Uh, and if you see somebody who's lifting like Tony, go over there, do the exact same, uh, the exact same exercise, lifting heavier weight, and set the weight down gently. Fuck those people. Shouts out to the Swolitariat. Young Chomsky. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts out to Young Chomsky again on the pod. We know, we know he's in the gym. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Half of our group text is just <laughs> sending Young Chowski tweets to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, Rachel, John. who do you stand? Oh, I said Young Chowski. I do stand Young Chowski. Um, John, what's I'll your dialectic? Um, so the thing that I liked in this episode, I liked Tony's choice of cigars, uh, Monte Cristos from yeah. Cuba. Uh, yeah. That's a great choice. Uh, that was my choice when I was in Havana. Uh, Monte Cristo number two, very good, very tasty. Uh, yes, that's what you want. Uh, Monte Cristo number two, or uh, you can never go wrong with a Cohiba if you're looking at Cuban cigars. So uh, Romeo y Julieta is okay, but um, 
I prefer uh, Monte Cristos. So I like that. That sounds like a huge tool. I'm deleting all of that. No. No. Uh, no. That's important. You've got to know. Shout out to our uh, shout out to our comrades in Cuba making uh, good cigars. Big shout out. Big shouts out. Um, something that I hated from this episode, I hated the music in this episode, and that we had to <laughs> listen to it so much. Like we didn't have to hear the "You're So Gay" song. Yeah, that over sucks. the closing credits. It was very bad, and like just the, the, it was an episode I think otherwise free of homophobia, except they decided <laughs> they had to throw it in there. You're so gay, <laughs> like that sucks. They just had to do it. Um, but uh, something I love from this episode, uh, as I said, I I loved Carmela, uh, and and her saving uh, her storyline. That was uh, very good. Um, but Ben already said that, so, um... We can love the same thing. Uh, okay. Well, I picked the same thing, then, because I'm... This episode, like we talked about, it drags, and it kind of sucks, and I'm struggling to find other things that I like about it, so, um... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's that fucking episode. Can we just shoot it in the (laughs) air and throw it in the river? Yeah, please. Thank you for oh, yeah. bearing with us on uh, another episode of Gabagool and Roses, uh, dear listener. Uh, we are on Twitter, at uh, PodSopranos. We are now on Patreon. Woo-hoo! Rachel, would you like to talk about our Patreon a I little bit? I would love to. So uh, if you would like, you can subscribe to our Patreon at one of five tiers. Uh, I did go a little <laughs> overboard, but that is what I do. Um, you can... Some of the benefits for our tiers are participating in exclusive polls. You can suggest polls to us to put on Twitter. You can ask questions that we you want answered on the podcast. We can we're going to start doing bonus content uh, where we do dumb shit mm-hmm. on video. Hopefully, I'm vol- I'll volunteer myself first. I love that shit. Um, so yeah, if you would. P- kindly subscribe to our patreon uh we need money for stuff like a mixer that doesn't become a huge pain in john's ass yeah our mixer is very bad and it causes a lot of problems and i'd love to get another one but also uh those cost money uh and uh yeah yeah and we need the money from you yes please (laughs) give us the money yeah uh but you can go to patreon.com slash pod sopranos it's the same as our twitter uh, mm-hmm. And we've got the link on Twitter as well. And there is nice. a uh, there's an additional tier that's not online. Oh, um, DM us for details about uh, who, how much you want to pay us in order for us to wax someone. But that's the highest I, tier. I, I, oh fuck! <laughs> I'm sorry. I should keep that. Keep our mouths shut. About yeah. Doing murder for money. Oh, are we talking about murder or, or masturbating somebody? Oh, masturbating somewhere. Oh. (laughs) That was a bit that really fizzled out (laughs) real quick. I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Parody. (laughs) Parody. Uh, Uh, We're not going to kill anyone yet. Yeah. (laughs) Except for the capitalists when the time comes. I did a podcast with two lawyers and all I got was a life sentence. Uh, and you, dear listener, can uh, provide us with bail money on our Patreon. Uh, and uh, until we incriminate ourselves again next week, uh, please take your meds, go to therapy, and organize for the revolution. 
Love you. Love you. Love you. Visiting day sucks dicks.